The text chosen for the sermon this morning is uh, taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15, page 1130. Matthew 15, I will read verses 21 to 28. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. May the Lord God bless the reading and the preaching of his holy word. Dear brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, evil is prevailing everywhere in our world. We have no problem seeing it whether in our own lives, in our homes, in the church, or in society as a whole, we can easily see that demons are at work in so many places, sowing lies and confusion, keeping men prisoners of their sins, prisoners of immorality and violence, prisoners of false ideas and false religions. It is easy to see that evil is gaining ground in this world, always ready to further oppress us. It is much more difficult to see beyond all that evil. It is not easy to see the one who is more powerful than all these demons. When he died on the cross, raised from the dead, and ascended into heaven until his return in glory, our King, Jesus Christ, triumphed over sin, over the world, and over the devil himself. Only faith enables us to see beyond evil the one who is more powerful than any demon. 
This Canaanite woman was deeply afflicted by evil. Her daughter was cruelly tormented by the devil himself. She was a heartbroken mom because of the demonic powers of darkness tormenting her child. What a terrible trial! But God, in His grace, used this terrible affliction to draw this woman toward Jesus. She had faith, faith which enabled her to see beyond evil. We will see this morning that this faith, this faith is tested, then this faith is strengthened, and then this faith is admired, and finally this faith is answered. So first, faith tested. Jesus has just been in conflict with the Jewish leaders of Jerusalem. These leaders traveled to Galilee to oppose Jesus, and we see that in the previous text, in Matthew 15, verse 1 to 20. Conflict with the Jewish leaders. Christ then decides to depart to the region of Tyre and Sidon, about 60 kilometers to the north. The Gospel of Mark is even more precise. We read in Mark 7, verse 24, and he entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. Very rarely did Jesus leave Palestine, the land of Israel. Here, Christ wants to go unnoticed, to be able to pray peacefully with, without being disturbed, and to take some time to teach his disciples. But to no avail, a Canaanite woman who has heard of him comes to see him. In Mark 7, verse 26, Mark specifies that she was a Greek, a Syro-Phoenician by birth. She was not Jewish. She did not belong to the people of the covenant. She was a Gentile. She was a stranger of God's people. She had not been fed with the scriptures and the promises of the coming of the Messiah. She was a stranger to the covenant and its promises. She did not know the living God. Yet, she knew at that moment that Jesus Christ had the power of healing her child. She pleads, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Have mercy on me, O Lord. Try to imagine what this woman and her child were going through. An evil spirit had been cruelly tormenting the woman's daughter. This mother was in great pain. She felt deeply for her daughter because of all her suffering. Have mercy on me, my daughter. Me, my daughter. 
She pleased with Jesus that he would have compassion on her and her daughter. Matthew uses the word to get there, which means daughter. Mark uses another word, a diminutive, to gatrion, which means little daughter. This daughter was still a little girl, a child. Demons have no pity. They torment anyone, no matter their age. And these torments are terrible. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. In Israel, the leaders of the people of the covenant are opposing their Messiah, Christ, and they are hardening their hearts in unbelief. And at the same time, a pagan woman who doesn't belong to Israel comes to Jesus acknowledges him as the son of David, heir to the messianic, messianic throne, the king who is coming. It's the world gone crazy. Christ accuses the Jewish leaders of being of their father, the devil. Evil is gaining ground in God's people, in the church itself. On the other hand, this pagan woman from outside of the church is able to see and identify the true nature of her daughter's affliction. It comes from the devil. And she refuses to accept that the evil spirit is, going, is doing to her daughter. She does not accept that. She is not ready to bow before her daughter's faith. She doesn't remain passive before the devil's oppressive power. She's looking for a solution. She wants to find a solution. She knows that Jesus Christ is the solution. She comes to him. This woman who doesn't know the scriptures sees in Jesus the Savior, the Messiah, the promised King of the Old Testament. She implores the son of David that he would have compassion on her daughter because she knows that Jesus has power over even the fiercest demon, demons. The woman's faith enables her to see beyond evil. Her faith enables her to see Jesus' power dominating all evil powers. We often lack boldness in our prayers. We, often, we are often resigned to the presence of evil everywhere, whether in our own lives, in our children's lives, in the church, in our society, or in the whole world. Yet, having faith is acknowledging that the devil usurps his authority. We should see evil as a challenge to the exercise of our faith, a challenge to resist the enemy's tyranny. 
Now look at Jesus' reaction in verse 23. But he answered her not a word. Not a word. Isn't that surprising? Complete silence from him. Christ usually welcomes people. He heals those who are brought to him. He has compassion. He gives grace. But here, not a word. What's going on here? Would Jesus be without compassion? Doesn't he see the robust faith of this woman? At that moment, we don't understand why Jesus remains silent. But what follows sheds light on what is happening here. Christ knows very well what he is doing. His silence is not meant to discourage her, nor to put out her emerging faith. Jesus Christ is testing her faith. He wants to inflame her new fervor even more. Let us not be discouraged or downcast when the Lord does not answer immediately our prayers. God does not always answer our legitimate prayers on the spot. He has his reasons, and sometimes he delays, he postpones, yet not to get us down, but to draw us to him even more, so that our longing for his grace might grow more and more. Have mercy on me, O Lord. Which brings us to the second part, faith strengthen. Now the disciples intervene. They say to Jesus, send her away, for she cries out after us. The verb in the original text, which has been translated here into send away, can also mean deliver. Deliver us, deliver her, for she cries out after us. The disciples may have asked Jesus to send her away, or they might also have asked him to deliver her from her woes. Both are possible, but in any case, the reason they give is not great, for she cries out after us. In other words, she's screaming, she's getting on our nerves, we need to put an end to all this. But all that counts for this woman is Jesus' answer. She cries and begs without ceasing with all her strength. Christ does not answer her plea right away. But he does not send her away either. She's still with him. Finally, in verse 24, we read his answer to her. I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What an anticlimax for this woman. Has not Jesus said, 
All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. Has he not extended a beautiful invitation? If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And this other one too. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This woman is thirsty. She is coming to Jesus. She is tired. She is heavy laden with the demon's constant attacks on her beloved daughter's mind and body. She is coming to Jesus to find rest. He is the right person. He is the one and only Savior. She is coming at the right address with the right attitude. And yet, and yet, Jesus tells her, My gifts are only for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Not for you. Not for her. Not for this Canaanite woman. What a baffling answer. What's going on here? In the past, God made a covenant with Abraham and all of Israel. When Christ came in the flesh, he came to his own, Israel, the people of the covenant. He came to save his people from their sins. He did not come to abolish this covenant and start another one, completely separated from the first one, as many Christians believe today as if the old covenant was completely abolished and Christ starts over another one? No. He came to fulfill the covenant established with Abraham and his descendants. Christ was sent by the Father to seek and save the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And he tells that to that pagan woman. Okay, but would it, be, would it be possible to make an exception to the rule? An exception for this poor woman who believes in Jesus and is begging for his compassion? After all, there were exceptions in the Old Testament. Some Egyptians came out of Egypt with Israel when they were delivered. Rahab, a Canaanite woman, and Ruth, a Moabite woman, were incorporated into the covenant people. And even during his ministry, Christ's ministry, did not the Lord Jesus himself heal sick people from Syria? Did he not heal the son of a nobleman? Did he not heal a Roman centurion's servant? What could prevent him from making another exception for this poor woman and her tormented child? But note carefully, Jesus does not send this woman away. 
He does not turn down this tired and heavy laden woman, coming to him to find rest. He knows what he is doing with her, and he is doing a wonderful work in her life, in her heart. He knows what he is doing with each one of us, too. He wants to strengthen her faith as he wants to strengthen our faith. He wants to give her the opportunity to express her faith in an even more beautiful and glorious way. The one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. These are real promises, sincere and true. When we come to Jesus Christ with the right attitude, with humility, with faith, with sincerity, rest assured that he will welcome us, he will welcome you, that he will give you the living water and the rest that he promised, even when he seems slow to respond and not willing to grant our request. He has his reasons to delay, to postpone. His wisdom is perfect. He knows what he is doing. He wants to strengthen our faith. He wants to give us the opportunity to express our faith in a more beautiful and stronger way. Faith sees beyond evil. Faith also sees beyond temporary refusal. Consider this woman. Far from being downcast and discouraged, she redoubles her efforts. Verse 25. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. She doesn't give up. She is persistent. She is tenacious. Yet, yet, the Lord persists in his temporary refusal. Verse 26. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Again, a refusal. Christ decidedly lays it on thick. He compares the Canaanite woman to a small dog. Can you imagine? The word in the original text refers not to a big, wild, and repulsive dog, but to a little pet dog that we keep at home. This woman is not a child of Israel. She's just a little dog. One really needs a strong faith, not to lose hope in the face of such an answer. But this woman is not the first one to be submitted to a test of faith. Just think of Abraham, the father of all those who believe, 
who was promised a son and had to wait and wait and wait for so long for the fulfillment of that promise. Think of David, who was promised the royal crown and yet was persecuted for so many years by King Saul before he, it finally happened. And what about us? Surely we have prayers that have not been answered yet, surely. But that we keep bringing to the Lord, asking Him to please grant our request. Our request. Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy on my husband. Have mercy on my wife. Have mercy on my children. Have mercy on that brother or sister in the church. Have mercy on, on my parents that I love so much. Deliver us from the evil one and from his cruel attacks. And sometimes God seems slow to answer. We don't know when and how he will answer. He has his reasons, good and wise reasons, when he delays answering, when he postpones. He is not turning us down. He is not casting us out. He hears our prayers. If he delays in answering, it is not in order to destroy our faith, but on the contrary, to strengthen it, so that we may be stronger in our faith. So now we come to our uh, third part, faith admired. Faith admired. The woman's reaction is remarkable. Truly the Holy Spirit is working in her heart in a most powerful way. Another word, even more beautiful, has yet to come out of her mouth. Verse 27, and she said, yes, Lord, Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. She takes the Lord's word and turns it into a positive statement. She admits being only a little dog. She does not contest that. Unworthy of being seated at Israel's table. But surely the table set by Jesus for his people is so plentiful that even the crumbs falling from it should be enough, more than enough, to fill her with joy. Without complete understanding, this woman, this pagan woman, is fulfilling the Old Testament prophecies which foretold that nations would put their hope in the Lord and turn their hearts to the Messiah, the Savior. All nations of the earth are to be blessed by Abraham's posterity. The woman's prayer for her child reveals the expectation of the pagan nations of the one who was coming to be the light to all nations. 
when the Lord Jesus would be raised on a cross, when he would ascend in glory to his throne, he would draw to him people from every nation. His disciples would proclaim the good news of salvation to all nations. And this good news has reached us here. Then it wouldn't be mere crumbs falling from Israel's table, but the overflowing multiplication of the heavenly bread to be distributed among, among all nations. Bread ample enough to fill us with the greatest joy. Have we tasted this bread? Do we eat our fill of this bread every day? Do we believe that many others will yet come to the Feast of Grace to eat and drink her, their fill? Jesus is almost amazed, almost taken by surprise here. He praises her faith. Oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. Finally, finally, Jesus admires the work of the Holy Spirit in the heart of this woman. When you trust in Jesus Christ, when you seek his compassion, when you beg and implore him to help you, when you confess your own unworthiness, when you believe that he is all-powerful to deliver you from any demon, then your faith is beautiful, admirable, not for your own glory, but for God's glory. Because faith is his work in your hearts. Sometimes Christ has to say to us, men of little faith. Sometimes he says to us, oh, great is your faith. What an encouragement for the Canaanite woman. What an encouragement for us to see the work of God's grace in our lives, enabling us to see Jesus' power beyond evil and enabling us to beg and implore him for his compassion, even when he seems to refuse to answer. So before taking care of the little girl, Christ had first to take care of the mother. He had to test, to strengthen, and to admire her faith. And now that this is done, Christ extends his blessing to the child. You see, he uses the good old method God used with the covenant people. Adults are first incorporated into the covenant through faith. God spoke to Abraham, gave his promises to Abraham as an adult. And then the children of the believers are blessed. The promises are for them too. They are also incorporated into the covenant. And this is what he's doing with this pagan woman also. So we come to our last part, faith answered. Verse 28, and her daughter was 
healed from that very hour. Prayer answered, finally. Deliverance, victory of the faith, demon away. This pagan woman, now a believer, prayed so fervently and with such perseverance, not allowing herself to be overwhelmed by an apparent refusal. The desire of her heart has now been fulfilled. The demon is cast out. Evil is defeated. This is a day that she and her daughter will never forget. The pagan woman believed in Jesus' power over evil and over all demons. What she believed, she now sees with her own eyes. She is full of joy, and her daughter too. The little girl has been cleansed from the demon so that together she and her mother might learn to know and serve their Savior and Lord out of thankfulness. When, when, when will all our prayers be fulfilled? When? When will we be totally delivered from the devil? Every day the Lord answers the prayers of His church. Every day He grants us numerous deliverances. Let us await and expect these deliverances, day by day. Every day He is working. Always pray for them without getting weary. Even when the Lord is slow to answer, don't stop, don't give up asking, begging, have mercy, O Lord. Yet we also know that the complete and definitive fulfillment will be fully granted to us only on the great day of the return of Jesus Christ. Only then it will be complete, complete answer to all our prayers. On this day and on this day only, all the power of the devil and his demons will be utterly destroyed. What a beautiful day it will be. The enemy will be totally defeated. The church will enter her perfect rest. Droves of people of every tongue and of every nation will sit at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Not just crumbs, but a banquet absolutely wonderful is awaiting us. There will be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more oppression. We will rejoice fully in the victory of the great King, Son of David. Until then, let us keep praying fervently and without ceasing. Lord, have mercy on us. Deliver us from the evil one. Faith enables us to see beyond evil, to see the one who holds all power, the one who will deliver us completely from the evil one. Amen.